comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show, episode 105. Uh, my name is Jordan Wigan and with me today is Logan Stump. How's it going, Jordan? How's you life? Thought, you thought you could get away with me, but I'm back full time now. I know I was taking over the show and then uh, <laughs> it did not have as much success as when it does when you're on. So I figured I'd let you back in. Thank you for unlocking the door uh-huh. and letting me back in. Uh, we are going to be previewing Chicago, Columbus, DC United and Red Bull, New York. So that is the four teams. I know we said Orlando last episode, but we actually worked it out where each episode uh, of the remaining previews can have four teams. So to not overload this one with, with five and have one of them have three, we're just going to space it out evenly here. So Orlando will be covered in the next episode, though I'm sure you already know that because the episode is titled. Uh, so you probably already know the teams we're covering, but I feel like I should say it anyway. I feel like that's just good host duties, right? To actually say what we're talking about. It just depends. I think sometimes it's kind of fun to go on an adventure and not tell people what you're talking about. Just go at random. Um, I, I think that gets a lot of listenership uh, when you just start talking about topics at random. And that, that usually does pretty well. Yeah, so today we're actually breaking down <laughs> uh, Chicago Fire, the TV show. We're actually going to talk... Uh, not the team. Uh, just kidding. No, uh, we'll 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 get into Chicago Fire and uh, talk a little bit about them first. They're going to be the first team we uh, we look at here. But before we jump into that right away here, uh, just how are you, Logan? Haven't talked to you in a day or so. I didn't have. Yeah, I know. I didn't have work today, so it was good. Actually, I oh, spent, you were off. Yeah, I was off. But you know what's exciting, Jordan? Uh, I spent. A lot of time just taking like online course stuff so that was a lot of fun um just kind of brushing up on some skills and uh yeah it was a lot of fun and doing a lot of not fun things but then for the last two hours or three hours i've been uh watching some uh, i was watching some bundesliga while i was uh doing these notes for today's show so kind of filling out some show notes and staying busy doing that and that usually takes me about two or three hours to do but i enjoy doing it it's a lot of fun to kind of look through different teams and get different perspectives i love catching up on christmas stuff 
um, which he's really helped out with some of the stuff because I've got some of the opinions that he had on some of these players um, actually in the show notes today. So it should be pretty interesting and uh, looking forward to getting into some of these teams. They're interesting teams today. Um, we went through and, and we're covering some really good teams on the last show. These last, this episode, we're going to do some teams that really struggled and kind of hanging on for their playoff lives. Interesting. Yeah. How's your day, Jordan? How's work? Awful. Uh, I should have, uh, I should have just took the whole week off. It's really what I, what I decided mm-hmm. uh, I should have done. Um, Cause I got back Tuesday. Wednesday, we recorded our episode while I was off. And then, you know, it was back to work for two days. And, you know, being off for two days, I mean, going back to work for two days is good in the sense of, okay, only two days till the weekend. But you're like, man, I should have just took off those other two days. <laughs> I could have done so many more fun things. But, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, I got a podcast tomorrow that I'm doing, so that'll be fun. Do you have other Can podcasts? I... I'm I'm not heard of any. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I have just a, another one. <laughs> well, I'm I'm curious as to which one it is. is it Pixel Pals or, or what was Pixel Pals? Uh, no, it, it is. Uh, we are doing. Uh, I'm having Jack on the Marvel podcast to do, not talk Marvel stuff. We're actually going to talk DC. We're going to talk Peacemaker on HBO Max. Hey, that'll be fun. Uh, which was a which was a show that Jack and I really enjoyed. So. We're gonna we're gonna talk that. I have a little spinoff over there on kind of the way this show started off as a spinoff of of Stoppage Time. I have a little spinoff over there called uh, DC Elseworlds, and uh, it's where I just talk DC stuff. But I've only done like two or three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna talk Peacemaker there, and then you know we're actually in talks. I'm actually in talks to sign Jack to a contract. Are you really <laughs> to bring back uh, Behind the Dreams? Is this a pre? Is this like a pre, like a pre-contract? Like, if, is he in contract with somebody else, and you're kind of signing him up from underneath? Uh, no, no, no. We're just in, uh, we're in negotiations, right? Um, and we're we're looking to bring back uh, behind the dreams. So, Jordan, could, can you say that he's jacked up to to do the show? He is. He loves talking Disney. So yeah. if people don't know what Behind the Dreams is, it was a Disney podcast I had with my sister, but she's kind of busy at the times. And then COVID happened, so there was no there's no theme park news to talk about. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're we're kind of getting maybe back into doing that. But if we do it, it'll be like biweekly. I don't think we're going to be doing weekly shows. Yeah. For yeah. that, uh, plus I, don't, I just don't have the t- <laughs> the time <laughs> in a week right now. Um. But you know this show will be going back to uh, weekly or so, so this will that'll that'll be good. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. So uh, just keep an eye out for that if people want to hear me talk even more nonsense. Uh, you know it's it's on your way. It's on the way. It's on the way. Um, before we get into it as well, again, just uh, our stupid merchandise. You can buy that. We can are we food. call it that? Can our stupid merchandise. That? Yes, yeah. that's what I call it. This we'll call it the stupid merchandise store. <laughs> Uh, we are fooked. Uh, I don't know why Charlotte fan would want that, but I thought it was funny, so I made it. Uh, as in Philadelphia, <laughs> we got the curtain is open. The window and the curtain for the Union to win a championship is open, and that's uh, celebrating it with some snakes and lightning bolts. So uh, I should make a shirt that says, We want a center stripe. And make a huge gold center stripe on it just to shove it up 
the union right there. All right, Jordan. So you want to hear my idea? Um, and nobody can steal this from us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you didn't tell me. I, yeah. I remember that Wednesday <laughs> yeah. when I'm editing. I'm like, oh, crap. You didn't tell yeah, me. Yeah, I, I know. I was listening to the episode going to work the other day. Um, and I'm, I promise I'm not conceited. I just go back to like listen to see how the quality is. But uh, the, I did notice that I didn't tell uh, the, the, what the ideas are. Jordan, I think it's perfect if we start doing like these shirts, just kind of like what you mentioned, these very obvious shirts that are just kind of, you know, things that should be happening or should be said about a team. Um, so for instance, like bring back the, the center stripe or whatever it might be. Um, but there's different versions of this. I know that there's a company that actually does, it's actually called obviousshirts.com or something like that, that does the cut. They started with the Cubs and they've done, I think they do NBA and baseball, um, but they've not really broken into the MLS scene, I don't think. So I think that'd be kind of fun to just do some very obvious shirts that are just point blank. I mean, they're, I'll have to show you what I mean um, off the air, but I think they're pretty clever. Um, so I think we can get away with some of the pretty obvious stuff for MLS, but I promise it's actually pretty entertaining. It's just like the most basic font, but it <laughs> it gets a lot of attention, so it's pretty fun. All right, so keep an eye on that too because <clears throat> we're trying to make stuff for all teams. And, uh, you know, may maybe you're an Atlanta fan that just wants to uh, to get at your rivals, your new rivals, so that's, that's why you can wear that too. But... Um, so let's get into it. Uh, enough horsing around here. Uh, we're going to put out some fires. We're going to talk to the, about the Chicago Fire. Again, not the television show. We're talking a team that finished 12th in the East. 34 points and 54 goals allowed. Uh, 34 points, but also only scored 34 goals. So they're you know scoring a goal a point pretty much at that, at that clip there. Um. And it caused some change, Logan. They're bringing in a new coach. They're bringing in Ezra Hendrickson. Hired him back in November. Um, he spent 13 seasons coaching domestically and internationally. He was an assistant coach for the uh, for Crew. Um, and uh, he, you know, started coaching with the Sounders. Uh, was an assistant for Ziggy Schmidt there. And, uh, you know, has has a history of winning stuff as an assistant for U.S. Open Cups and MLS Supporter Shield, um, you know, MLS Cup 2020 for the crew, the Campionas Cup for the crew in 2021. So, I mean, he, he's got some history there, but he was never like the lead coach there. So this will be a test for Hendrickson. Can he do it, you know, on a on a hot night in the middle of Chicago uh, and, you know, get this team on the right track, a team that has been very aimless since God, who knows when at this point? I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking when they signed Bastian Schweinsteiger, that was cool, but I, I, I don't think, I don't even know if they made the playoffs during his stretch there. Um, But uh, so that's, that's what I'm going to check real quick. And of course, you search Chicago Fire, and the first thing that comes up is the TV show. Uh, let me find the actual team. <laughs> I've got the Wikipedia pulled up. I uh, don't know how accurate this is going to be, but uh, uh, dang it, I clicked the <laughs> clicked the wrong you click link. The show. I clicked the show again. Let me know what the show like. When was the show airing? And, and 
Does it have yeah, any correlation with how they perform? Yeah. Let, okay. Let's let's do that real quick. Hold on. I, Chicago I Fire got really good, like the show, as they got, you know, progressively bad. Like okay. They, they, okay. So let's look at their history here. Okay. So they missed the playoffs. Okay. So they made the playoffs last. That's what I'm trying to find out. When's the last time? 2017 was their last time. 2017 was the last time in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And where do you yeah. find that on the wiki? I got wiki. Yeah, they made the playoffs in 2017, but before that, it was 20 year by year. Okay, here you. Okay, then they were third place in the conference. There mm-hmm. you go. So, so uh, Chicago Fire <laughs> came out in 2012. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And their highest rated season on TV was from September 25th of 2019 to April 15th, 2020. So uh, when the Chicago Fire the show is doing well, the team is not, it seems like. So they just need to cancel the show, which I think it's coming in like a couple of years. They'll, they'll end it. And then this, Jordan, the, the Chicago Fire will be good again. Okay, so the worst seasons for the Fire were 2014 mm-hmm. when they finished ninth, 2015 when they finished 10th, 2016 when they finished 10th, 2018 when they finished 10th, and 2020 when they finished 11th. This has 11th. You wrote down 12. Is that right? Oh, you know what? They don't have the 2021 season on. Yeah, they don't have okay. it listed, yeah. So then 12th. So uh, 2017 is the lone exception of them making the playoffs and finishing higher than eighth. Yikes. And before that, you ready for before that, Logan? Right. Are you ready <laughs> yeah, for this? I'm, yeah. I know you're probably looking at it. I am, but go this? ahead. Okay. Yeah, 1998, second place. <laughs> wow. They win MLS Cup. 1999, third place. 2000, first. 2001, first. 2002, third. 2003, first. 2004, fifth. 2005, third. 2006, third. 2007, fourth. Eight and nine, second. 2010, fourth. 2011, sixth. 2012, fourth. 2013, sixth. And since the advent of the show, really, they have just plummeted. So there you go. (laughs) You know what's funny? Uh, Back in 2012, was it 2012? No, it would have been 2014 when I came back from the program. I was living with my brother in a house downtown. And 2014, I was actually like looking for an MLS team to follow. I had kind of jumped on the Chicago bandwagon um, before, like 2013, 2014. Like when I came back down, like I got back from... Uh, the program and I was in the, that house still and I liked the fire, but then Orlando came about and I was like, okay, fine. I'll just switch. Cause I almost did choose Chicago cause they had success in the past. And I was like, well, if I lose, I thought I'd end up in Chicago at some point in time. That mm-hmm. obviously didn't happen I ended up in Orlando. And I'm glad I didn't. Um, but now it, it, it was, it was like, I was going to follow Chicago because I knew they had had success. They hadn't been like, you know, Seattle, but they had been, you know, third, fourth, third, fourth, second, third, like all those. So I was like, man, that's a cool team to kind of follow. And I liked what they were doing, but now I'm glad I didn't do that. It took until 2011 mm-hmm. for them to fall below sixth place in 
the East. Now, one thing that we have to say, too, okay, let, let's clarify, I guess, right? There wasn't many teams back in those original times. Mm-hmm. So even when they finish uh, fifth in 2004, they did not qualify for the playoffs. Uh, then they did not qualify for the playoffs in 2010 or 2011 when they finished fourth and sixth in the East. So, but I would say, you know, if you look just historically where they're finishing place-wise, everything's going good until 2014, and and that's what they want to turn around here. Because I'm the reason why we keep bringing up the show is not just a joke. If you search Chicago Fire, it is the first thing. Mm-hmm. Before that show came out, you could actually search Chicago Fire and find them. But it, it, it coincides with when the show came out and the fact that they've played badly, that their results are buried. You you like their website is the second option when you just search Chicago <laughs> Fire. But if you're looking up just other information, the Wikipedia, the anything, if you just search Chicago Fire, it's Chicago Fire NBC.com, Chicago Fire FC.com. And then just a whole bunch of Chicago Fire related things, the TV show. And, and that is where this team needs to be good again. And it will really put them on the map. Be, you know, that's what it comes down to. It's not just that a show has the same name, the team's not relevant. If the team is relevant and does well, then the search results are going to reflect that at a some, certain point. They've tried to rebrand. They've tried to do a lot of things. Raphael Wiki, uh, they thought could turn this, uh, you know, team around this franchise around, but they just hasn't been able to do it. They switch over to Ezra Hendrickson. I've listened to a couple of interviews with him because uh, Extra Time had him on, and he's an interesting guy to listen to. And he's had a lot of success with guys that he's kind of coached underneath. So I think he's learned a lot. I mean, coaching under Siggy Schmidt is going to help a ton. Um, being with those Columbus teams, being with uh, the Sounders. Like those are really good clubs to just kind of follow in behind. And and I'm sure, I mean, it's just kind of like Gonzalo Pineda, right? Like it's underneath that tutelage of a really good coach that has had success in this league and has built pretty much a franchise or a cornerstone of a franchise in this, uh, in this league, or at least a couple of them. Um, This is, I I think this is the step in the right direction, Jordan, but I wait till we get to their, (laughs) wait till we get to their uh, outgoing and incoming players. Uh, It's just a, it's, it's going to be a really rough year. Um, and, you know, I, I think this is a team, Jordan, that I think will throw into the wooden spoon contention just because I think they're going to be that bad. Like, I think it's going to be a really bad year because it's going to be a lot of growing. Um, a lot of players in their back line are really young. Their goalkeeper 17 going on 18. He'll turn 18 this year. I mean, that's a really young back line with a really young goalkeeper and why he had success last year. It's just it's concerning. So outgoing players, Jordan. Robert Barich, Francisco Calvo, who didn't really play that well. Bobby Shuttleworth, who was a you know of a veteran that they could rely on between the posts, who actually got replaced um, when they did have the young keeper come in, uh, and Gabriel Salanina. Uh, they also had Alvaro, Alvaro uh, Medron leave, Lucas Stojanovic leave, um, Ignacio Alaseda, and Johan Kapilov uh, 
that name not as big, but the other names, Jordan, those were all starting 11 players at one point last year. And that's pretty much their whole attack that, that I just read off. So that was, you know, Lucas Stojanovic was really good. Robert Barrett was their goal scorer, and that was about it. Alvaro, Alvaro Madron was somebody that we had previewed last year to have a really successful season, and he's gone. So it, it, it that's their outgoing. And then that's wild just because it's kind of like Miami when they blew it all up, except this time, you know, they're replacing it. Now they did bring in some interesting replacements, but I don't know how they necessarily translate to this league. Look, I, I'm not as down on them as you are. Yeah. Um, I think they, I mean, look, let's talk about the incoming players, right? You got, uh, you got Shabilko who is like the top union score of all time. So you're bringing them in. Uh, you're bringing Shakiri in, which, you know, European quality. He could, you know, he, he you know, Matt's kind of down on it. Matt doesn't follow MLS, but, you know, he, he's, he's familiar with Shakiri. Where he says that's what everybody says, right? Everybody says that. Well, if he, you know, he's got a fresh start, he's going to do well here. Uh, it's a little different when it's MLS, I think, than uh, overseas because I do think the level is easier for him, and it, it really comes into: is it a mental thing with him? Is it a is it an ego thing with him, or is it just he's not good enough for over there? And and that's what it'll come down to. If he if he if it's just like a physical ability thing where he can tear it up here, then he'll tear it up here. But if it's something where he's like, comes in like a Gonzalo Higuain and thinks I'm not going to be able to, uh, you know, I, I can have a cigarette or whatever, then maybe he's not going to succeed here. So that's something we'll have to see. His interview. Did you hear his, like when they announced him, when they did that video of him, basically it was like, he's in the mob. And <laughs> he's sitting in, I, I don't know if it's a church. I don't want to get it wrong, but he's in a building. It's like a warehouse, almost looking church looking building. And he's mm-hmm. sitting in like a really big chair and it, and it he like, it like pans over onto his face and he goes, um, I think it's all like, it's like, here I come. And then he goes, Chicago, he, the way he says Chicago. I'm like, this guy, <laughs> it sounds so intimidating. The way he says Chicago. Um, <laughs> but again, like you said, I, it, if he translates well over here, then it'll be really good for Chicago. I do worry just because, you know, everywhere he's been, and I know it's a different league, but also, I mean, he's been to every league and he ends up being a guy that people are like, oh, this guy's going to be really good. And all of a sudden he ends up on a bench somewhere and he just sits there and it's like, okay, well, he's good at sometimes, but then other times it's like he just disappears into, you know, the depths of uh, of the bench. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I'm excited to see him play. He's, I mean, tenacious. He's all over the pitch. He flies around. He's very physical. So I think he'll adapt well to the physicality of the league. And look, this is not official yet, but this was uh, two days ago, Paul Tenorio saying that sources confirm that Chicago Fire and Atlas mm-hmm. are agreeing to terms with Gyro Torres. Yeah. Um, talented young Mexican player. Like that. Huge upside. The fact that they're yeah. getting like Shakiri and they're going out to get um, uh uh, uh, Torres, and then you know you just met. I think you mentioned um, 
what she she hosts is that she you say i think that's she how you say that yeah rafael she from fc clone like they're they're bringing in talent and it's new ownership recently right it's new coach i don't know i i feel good vibes right now with them actually bringing in good players but you know they've had some of these good players in the past that have not panned out or like barrage who does well but the team doesn't do well and it's really going to be a question mark for this team. I I have them, you know, when you talk about the worries that you have written down here, tons of new guys in, losing a bunch of their starters, um, their defense not being very good last year, uh, question marks on if Shabilko can, can convert more. I mean, I know he, you know, top union goal scorer, very talented MLS goal scorer, but at times missing centers and stuff, will that come to bite them? It, it's all of those things that might add up to not a good season, but not a disastrous season, but it could yeah. very well end up disastrous. So right. I think the talent will outweigh the, the worries, I think. And I, I have them more at like, uh, let me look at just how many places we have. So they finished 12th last year. I'd say they can get kind of in that eight to 10 spot. Maybe, maybe 11, you mm-hmm. know, maybe that eight to 11, like really the East is so tight at times. It, it could be whatever, but I'm thinking they'll go up at least a spot or two. I, I hope. Um, and I think that would show some sort of forward progress under the new brand and under a new coach and with some new players. in. I think that could maybe instill some, some new, you know, remember they're playing in a uh, soldier field too. Um, so they can fit more fans in there. The thing is they don't really get that many fans there, but it may be a good season with sh- players like Shakiri coming in and, and Torres coming in. Maybe that is enough that they can kind of push and get fans in there. I mean, if they show up for bears games, you should show up for a Chicago fire game. Cause it's not like the bears are going anywhere. So, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think they can go up a few places, but they got to sort out the defense and they got to score more. And uh, if they do that, they can add another ten points. It'd be at forty-four points, that'd be an improvement. Yeah, I mean, I just look at the East. Um, Miami's concerning. Cincinnati's always concerning. Uh, but this team's – I mean, they've got the talent. Like you said, I think the talent far outweighs, you know, just some of the abilities that the other teams have. But it uh, – in the struggles, that the, I think they'll just collect points just on sheer talent. But I do – I am interested to see because Casper – I mean, Casper's biggest thing is when when the guys aren't servicing him well in the box, like that's when he becomes, you know, non-existent. I just don't know who's going to put the ball in for him unless it's going to be Shakiri, And I don't know if – you know, I think he's going to play in more behind him. And I don't know if Casper is really that successful in, you know, creating a ball from his, you know, creating chances from his feet and going, I mean, you've watched him more, but getting around defenders and playing in the box, playing in the box tends to be more of his style where he's just finishing around the post or, you know, he's finishing headers in the back, but it's like, you know, can Shakiri create enough for him going forward to where he can get in positions that he's like to score in was just my concern. But yeah, I think you're right. But I, 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 they'll definitely contend with, I think, some of the worst teams in the league just because their defense is just not – it's just not been good. Uh, and I think there's a lot of growing pains that are still going to be happening. Um, and anything's better than Calvo was, uh, their former DP player that was probably one of the worst defenders in the whole league last year. So, I don't know. 
be interesting, but I'm sure we should move on. So that way we don't spend too much time, but I, I, I'm interested to see if Chicago can break out of the bottom. I just don't know if I see it. Okay. So let's take a look at Columbus ninth in the East after every one of their mother had them first. Right. Right. Um, 41 goals last year. That's it. Uh, but they only gave up 50, uh, 45 and, uh, Logan's cat is why you're, he's laughing there. He, I'm getting absolutely mauled right now though. <laughs> she defends better than Chicago. So, she looks sorry. So cute though. Oh, look at her. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> I think you just scared her with your laughing. She jumped down. Um, Columbus crew. Everybody had them ranked top of the East. They, they have such a deep team. They just won MLS Cup. They're going to be great. And sadly, or happily, depending on who you're a fan of, I guess, was not the case. Um, new stadium, Lower.com Field. Uh, while it's a new stadium, it's still an awful name. And uh, just a lot of injuries really piling up for the crew. So they finish ninth in the East, one point below the playoff line with only 13 wins from the 34 regular season games. So even after all this adversity, Logan, they could have still qualified for the playoffs if they had just gotten like two more points throughout the season. One more win throughout the season, which I'm sure there was times that they were in winning positions and lost. So there is, uh, they had nine games, a stretch of nine games in which they lost eight from mid-July to September. This is where they really started tanking. Um, not tanking like in the term of purposely losing, but just, uh, you know, falling down. Um, you had Zardes injured, Arter injured, Aiden Morris injured, Kevin Molino missed most of the season. And, uh... Yeah, that, that's where they were kind of left with. And we thought, okay, this team had a huge depth. Uh, like, had huge depth. They weren't going to be a issue. But now some of that depth, depth is leaving. You want to talk about who left the crew? Yeah, so uh, these guys near around 1,000 or more minutes. Um, so they're going to have to go in and replace some of these guys, which they do with some of the incomings, but not – you know, to, again, it, it's an interesting piece together by the crew, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it when we get into the end. But the out players, Abubakar Keita, um, uh, Vito Vormir, Vormor, I think that's how you say that, Harrison Awful, uh, Milton Valenzuela, um, and then you got some of the guys that are in and around um, that were more of just kind of depth pieces, Sebastian Berhalter, Waylon Francis, Eric Dick, uh, Grant Lillard, and Saad Abdul uh, Salam. But those... You know, those four that I mentioned before, the the four that I, um, you know, topped the list with, I mean, Milton Valenzuela, Jordan, we were talking, we were talking with um, Ori about the fact that he could actually be somebody that some of these South American clubs could be interested in and European clubs could be interested in, but he never panned out. Now he's gone. Um, uh, Warm Gore, he was uh, a, you know, a center back that played in that uh, back line and was, you know, kind of a staple there for a little bit in, in their playoff runs. But then again, now he's gone. Uh, Harrison Awful was a great piece to have just because he, you know, he's so reliable. He adds a lot of depth. Um, he plays a good back position. 
um, can you know join in the attack. And now Charlotte's got an advantage of having a really good veteran player who they'll piece into their starting lineup, and you know he's going to get a ton of minutes there. Abubakar Keita went to the the Rapids, um, and again, it, it, th- these are guys that were important pieces last year that they're going to have to go in and find some replacements for. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips was also released, and that never panned out. That was one. I didn't really highlight because he just never got enough minutes. He never played well. Um, and that's kind of the thing with Bradley Wright Phillips, I think, uh, in the, his past. It's either been very hit or very miss, and it, it's nowhere in between usually. So um, a super sub that didn't work out, a lot of things that didn't work out, Jordan. Um, but, you know, some of these transfers like Yaya Boa, uh, uh, Milos Degginiak, and um, Julio Adenbaugh, Anibaba, they'll help out tremendously, I think, just because I think when you're adding guys in, um, Anibaba was important back in Nashville uh, and I think could play an important piece for this crew team. Um, Milos Dijanek is a, a center back that's going to help them in kind of fortifying that back line because their defense has never been that bad. Eloy Room's really good. So when you got a guy like that in between the posts, it's kind of like Union. Like it, you got such a solid black back line if you could just put some guys in front of goalkeepers that are some of the best in this league. Um, but yeah, Yaboa is probably the most interesting signing. Um, he's a winger that's coming over, um, Ghanaian winger. He was with Polish side, um, Wisla Krakow, Krakow, I think that's how you say that. Um, but he was a Manchester City guy because I remember him from when he was with the Youth Academy. So he's coming over with quite some experience, 24 years old. So I'm, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of plays on the wing um, when he joins that attack with guys like Zardes, uh, Zellerion, Pedro Santos. Like th- those are going to be pieces that I think are going to be important to the crew team this year. But again, I think if it's if it's anything like it was last year, Jordan, I really do. I'm concerned about this team aging. I'm concerned about this team being hurt all the time. I mean, last year, if you look at this roster going into this year, a lot of those pieces missed a lot of time. Uh, and I think that's got to be concerning when you're looking at this crew team. Yeah, we have, you know, Caleb Porter's won two MLS Cups. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to keep it going in the crew. I mean, maybe they'll – I don't know. It, it depends on what the fans want, right? Like, there are some coaches that can go a long time without winning anything after they just won something and kind of have that uh, kind of leeway. In there, I, I think they will rebound a bit. I think they could make the playoffs this year, but yeah, it's a, lot, it's a lot of players out. It's a lot of players in, but I'm not going to be picking them for Eastern Conference winners this year. I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, I mean, look, they've got Darlington Nagby, a really good player, um, a guy that I think many thought. Because he's American, right? Because I thought they had a whole conversation about Greg yeah. bringing him in, and he never got a call, which is interesting. It makes you wonder if he ever had any kind of relationship with him. He may um, not want a call. That's what um, I was thinking. He, you know, he had some sort of falling out with the U.S. system mm-hmm. at some point under Klinsman, so I'm right. not sure if he would be interested. Yeah, so you got him, uh, Zellerion. I mean, MVP level caliber you know, a player that could win the MVP if he can go back to the form that he was once in uh, last year, he had moments, but he was never like Hani Mukhtar. He was never as good as Carlos Hill. Um, really not as good as Maxi Morales. I mean, it, the, the, he kind of dropped off a little bit. Like he, he's a really good freaking player, but 
I think there were times last year where, I mean, he didn't even look that threatening at times. And I think some of it had to do with a lot of guys in and around him that were hurt and that midfield not being as solid. So he had a lot more work to do carrying the ball forward. Um, but I, I really am concerned that he's just not got a, route, a lot around him. I think this year's kind of going to be that same thing. I don't think Santos is as good as he once was. Zardes has been injured quite a bit, and I'm not sure that he ever gets back into form. And I really, I'm really scared for the crew if Zardes falls off the kind of the depth chart uh, for U.S. Men's National Team, as he seems to kind of be falling further and further down the depth chart with Greg. If he ends up out of the U.S. Men's National Team, that's kind of one of those confidence things that could really just destroy a guy. Um, and there's a lot of nines that are playing well. I mean, you look at PFOC, I think if you're looking at the depth chart for U.S. Men's National Team, Sardis has quickly fallen out of favor just because he just he doesn't perform anymore. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so are we good with uh, crew or are we going to stick I guess with one more bit? thing. Aiden Morris uh, could be thrown into the mix of the U.S. Men's National Team in 2026. I mean, he's a guy that you look at as a midfielder, tore his ACL last year in the CONCACAF Champions League against Real Esteli, um, which it was absolutely devastating. It was at home. You remember it? It was really early on. Mm -hmm. I mean, they yeah. had played a preseason game. And then he played, and he looked really good. I mean, he looked really good. And I think mm -hmm. it was in the first – I want to say it was in the first half or so. Um, really got uh, a leg torn up, and, and it was just awful to watch. And I remember him sitting on like a, in a wheelchair as they were kind of carting him off, and his parents were there. It was just horrible. But a young kid, um, I think he was 19 years old when he first made his major league debut back against uh, the Sounders. <laughs> or it's not, not a debut, but he had made his uh, – in the MLS Cup, it was the youngest player to ever play, 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. And he was playing against a, a Sounders team that they just kind of carved up, and he was part of it. So looking forward to him coming back. But other than that, I, we can move on from the crew, unless you have anything else. No, I mean, I I hope they rebound uh, because, you know, they got a brand-new stadium. They got a fan base that's happy that, that they didn't get uh, sent over to Austin. Um I think it'd be good for them to kind of rebound. I, I just don't want them to uh, run away with it, I guess. And I don't think they will. So I think we're good. Uh, so we're going to talk DC United. Now, this is uh, this is my dad's team. So if you're listening, Dad, uh, we're going to be talking some DC United right now. Eighth in the East, 55 goals, which was third in the league, but they gave up 54 uh, which was, I think, bottom? Very bottom. Like, almost. Uh, uh, I think there's a couple teams ahead of them. <laughs> Losada, though, comes in and impresses in his first season. Um, they were actually in the playoff spot for a good chunk of that last bit of the season, but kind of fell out in the last two or three weeks mm -hmm. of the uh, of the season. Um, and this was a team that nobody really expected that from. You know, uh, what did we have them at? We had them at 12th and 13th, and they end up 8th, which is, you know, the spot right below uh, the, the playoffs. So they, they had they had chances. They had chances to actually get in there. Couldn't, you know, probably one more win, and they're in. But uh, couldn't, couldn't cut it. Uh, Losada really likes to press and counter. You know, he has his usual three, four, three or three, four, two, one formations that he runs. Um, they are losing some players though. They've lost Paul Ariola. 
to Dallas for two two million uh, gam or tam or whatever it was. Then we have uh, losing Yamil Assad. Kevin Paredes goes to Wolfsburg for seven million. Felipe Martins goes to Austin on a free. Jordi Reyna goes to Charlotte on a free. Michael DeShields to the Revolution 2. Joseph Mora to Charlotte. Eric Sorga to Gothenburg. Uh, Federic uh, Brion retiring. And Chris uh, Seitz uh, retiring. Is that Seitz or Seltz? Seitz. You're right. Okay, that's what I thought. Former Union goalkeeper. We just You're really had good the, at picking we up the all the goalkeepers. <laughs> we had all the goalkeepers. <laughs> you just like ordering them too. Found one, but now you probably found the best one in all in all this history. So that's all right. Yeah, when we see there, oh, 2010 again, another <laughs> another uh, inaugural season goalkeeper, Chris Seitz. Um, yeah, then he went to Dallas for six years. Dynamo DC. Yeah, awesome. Um. In Brad Smith from Seattle Sounders, Hayden Sarges from Sacramento FC, uh, Sofiane Defhall, Defhall, Dejefhall, Alex Nagy in the Super Draft, uh, Gaso Samake from Mimosas, ooh, <laughs> and yeah, Michael Estrada from Toluca on loan. So I don't know. I feel like they've lost a lot of quality. Mm-hmm. I do worry that they're not going to have, you know, especially uh, you didn't have Ola Kamara out here. Is he actually gone or is he still? I here? forgot. Yeah, I forgot to put him on because he technically wasn't signed until today. And then I forgot to put him back into the list. But yes, he's out too, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, score. losing 19 Kamara, 19 goals. Uh, Ariola had uh, six, right? So 25 mm-hmm. of the 55 goals were those two. Is it possible for a sophomore slump? I would say yes. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to fall drastically low. Mm-hmm. I do think his effect, the Lasada effect, is still going to have a positive impact on the team. But I don't know if they're making playoffs, and I don't know if they're finishing eighth. Yeah, Ola Kamara, I mean, that's huge news. He was sitting there out there as a free agent, and some people thought that he would come back. But just the fact that they're not bringing him back is concerning. Um, now, if you look at his goal totals from last year, um, 19 goals, he did have nine penalties. Um, but that's still, I mean, that, that means you're creating a ton. They always had people on their back foot. I mean, it seemed like this team was constantly charging down people's throats, um, always coming inside and going in and, and, you know, creating chances in the midfield. They had really good midfielders. Paul Ariola actually, you know, had, he didn't really start the season and they still played pretty well without him. Um, as you know, they got their feet wet and kind of got him back into the fold. Um, they did, uh, they started the season slower, but I think that was just kind of getting them used to Lasada, you know, the chances that he could make up. Um, and then they went on a stretch there. I think it was like from the end of May till all the way down. If you look at down until about August, they'd only dropped like, uh, you know, eight to 10 points, which was really good for this team that I think a lot of people just thought was going to struggle. Um, their biggest thing was they really struggled in October. Like you said, Jordan, you and you alluded, I mean, you hit it right on the head or the nail right on the head um, from October 2nd to October 30th. They played one, two, three, four, five, six games. 
Um, and they only won one of those games, drew one of those games. So they only collected four points out of those six games, which, you know, four out of 18 possible. That's just, I mean, that's what ended up just sticking a fork in them against really good teams. But, you know, I, and I think that's the biggest problem, right? I, I think they're going to have a really hard time beating really good teams. They just, you know, I, when you get on the front foot against teams that just don't have good defenses, <laughs> you're just going to start to wear them down, I think. But they really have a hard time, I think, playing with teams that are really good. Um, they had a hard time defending Nashville. They had a hard time defending New England. Um, Atlanta used to get up on them uh, and score a ton. Um, it just seems like when there was quality in the attack, uh, they actually had a 6-0 loss to NYCFC that really just kind of buried them. Um, they, they have those results every once in a while. And the really bad thing is, is their defense didn't get better, I don't think. Like, I mean, you're adding Brad Smith, but Brad Smith was more of an attacking back. Like, I don't, I don't know how he's going to help the situation. Um, and they're definitely not going to be helped because Ariola actually played well in defense and pressed really well. So, I, you know, they're, they're going to lose part of that. They're going to lose Ola Kamara in goal scoring, so they're going to lose some goals. I think they're still going to give up an enormous amount of goals um, up there near the 50 mark because I just don't see where they've gotten any better. Um, and now I think they're going to take about 10 to 15 goals off of your goal total um, just because I just don't think they have enough. Kevin Paredes is leaving star stud um, young kid that was going to play for the U.S. men's national team eventually. It, it, it's huge losses. I'm not sure they've gotten anything to kind of fill in those spots either. Yeah, not uh, not feeling too good about the, the prospects here. Um, Julian Gressel, though, player to watch. Andy Nahar back with the team. Uh, you know, they have uh, Flores, Roberta, and Estrada in the attack. Let's see how it plays out. I do think that they'll still be good. I think maybe they drop a spot to ninth. And I'm not locking that in because I'm not going to remember any of this stuff when I <laughs> make <a> prediction <laughs> next week. I, I guess you could just say playoff team or not. I don't know. I'd say not playoff, playoff team. team right now. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think though, uh, you know, maybe maybe they'll get more points, but still finish lower, and maybe that'll mm -hmm. be seen as an improvement. Where they're like, okay, we really like going this way, and maybe they're able to build, bring in some more players, not lose as many, and uh, be able to make a push the following year. Yeah, because I do think eventually Lasada's going to have to make the playoffs to be able to stick around. And the, the thing is, as we say with all these teams, there's just not enough spots to go around. So mm -hmm. every so often. You're going to have a team like the crew whose expectations were higher and going to fall low of that, fall short of that. Um, so hopefully if you're DC, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe another team has a down year. Maybe the revs are a team with a down year and we steal their spot. And again, as I've been saying, Nashville's out of the East. So there's an open spot there. Uh, can it be DC that fills it? Maybe, mm -hmm. but now you also have Toronto that we'll talk about in the next week or so. Uh, it, well, in the next week, by the next episode or so, and then you have, uh, you know, some of these teams that have that have made a crew maybe rebounding, and then you're like, okay, well, there's not another spot then, um, but maybe one of these other teams drop out, and that's what they'll kind of have to hope for, and just kind of take care of the business that they can take care of, and you know, they could have made the playoffs this year if it wasn't for just dropping a game or two. If they, you know, if they stick it out for a game or two, they're probably in, and then. You know, we're talking about, even though we're talking already about it, what a success Losada's first season is, we'd be really talking about the success. And maybe then we'd still be down on this though because all the players they lost. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. So we'll see how, 
how it goes, but uh, we'll see. Uh, let's go to the last team. We're actually flying through this compared to last time. Um, let's go to the last team of the night. We're going to talk Red Bull New York. Seventh in the East. 39 goals last year. Only gave up 33, which was tied for best in the league with Nashville and Seattle. They're trying to make the playoffs for a 13th consecutive year. Pretty big. Pretty big, especially when you realize they haven't won an MLS Cup. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you would mention that because I did not put in the notes, and I remember reading it too, but I'm glad you mentioned it. What a host. What a host. Yeah, well, you know, uh, they're reminded of it a lot, so I do apologize, Red Bull fans. Uh, Stuber's first real year as a head coach in 2021. Um, So successful successful season but they're going to be losing fullbacks kyle duncan and andrew gutman gutman going back to nashville right atlanta atlanta yeah wherever he was uh you're right going back yes he's going back he was on loan he's going back tom edwards and john tolking uh not jrr tolking but john tolking uh are um Going to be coming in though. Uh, they they they've been familiar with Struber's system and they're proven in MLS. Also going out, Sean Davis to Nashville, Matthias Jorgensen to Esborg, uh, ICR Drame to PFK Livin Live Live, uh, Jake Lacava going to the Rowdies on loan, Daniel Royer released, Luca Lewis released, and Gutman uh, going back to Atlanta. In, we're getting uh, Laquinas from Warsaw. We're getting Lewis Morgan from Inter-Miami, which I thought was a good move. Dylan Nealis from Nashville SC. Zach Ryan uh, coming f- from the from Stanford? Yeah, the Cardinals, I guess. Um, I, I will say this is where I'll give credit to Chris Smith. He kept a list of all these not players a draft, where they came from. Probably not a draft pick. Probably just a no, free. Un- or a free and yeah, trialist, yeah. probably. Jesus, uh, sorry, Jesus Castell- <laughs> Castellano, Seth wow. Kuhn, Matthew uh, Nasida, Giannis Nicopolitis, Ovante Mullins, Carlos Coronel from Salzburg, Caden Clark back on loan after they had to end up. That was great. Uh, yeah, after they had to end up. And this actually says Tom Edwards is back, back from yeah. Stoke. So you said that we were, uh, oh, never mind. I, I see. I see what you did. Okay. He went back to Stoke, had problems with injuries, and then returned back. back to the Red Bull because Stoke was like, well, you're not going to get back in favor here, so go back. All right, so Sean Davis leaving. That's a big worry. Leadership issues, maybe? I don't know. They get rid of their captain every year, it seems like. Aaron Wong, can he come back healthy and play? And where do the goals come from? Uh, you know, Caden Clark had a great start to his Red Bull career. Kind of fizzled out. Uh, he's still very young, though, of course. So that's going to be part of being young. And uh, I guess Salzburg, you know, he was with Leipzig, right? Um, Leipzig probably not thinking he's ready for it, uh, sending him back on loan. They had to spend some allocation spot. You know, they had to move up in the allocation order to get him back because I guess they didn't plan that well. So what do we think, Logan? 13 consecutive seasons playoffs are they going for 14 here i don't see where they 
uh, I don't see them really falling off that much. So I think they'll yeah. probably be in a good spot. But if we're talking about teams that might drop out of a playoff spot, it could realistically be the Red Bulls. They they barely made it in. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of things here too to consider. Like it, it's I, like we priority locked in some teams, and we're going to run out of teams. I, I think ultimately it's going to be about because if you look at some of these teams, I mean, you're looking at Sean Davis who played three hundred or uh, 3,060 minutes, which was every single minute, every single match of this year. Um, and that's a huge loss. He was only 27, so captaining Red Bulls that, love doing that. They I love just strange. getting rid of their key players. Yeah. <laughs> this is a strange one. Um, I, I think another one, too, is Kyle Duncan's going to be really hard to replace, um, uh, no matter how good Tom Edwards is. Um no matter how good Tolkien, you know, Tolkien is, I just don't know where they're going to find some of the replacements. But that being said, Jordan, we got an interesting thing here in the East. Unlike the West, where I think the West has teams that could legitimately, a lot of them could make arguments as to why they belong in the playoffs this season. I think the East is the opposite. I think you've got a very top-heavy East, and I think that tends to usually be the case anyway, just because the league seen or the points used to in the East are just so scattered around just because I don't think there's like those dominant teams that you have, like, you know, a Seattle and now Nashville's gone. So that you throw them over there. So you're now gain a playoff spot, but you're gaining a team in the East, but that team that you're gaining is probably not going to be too good. So it, <laughs> I don't know. This is, I think the Red Bull, like you said, are seventh place and that I think they'll just even keel it. I think this is where they end up. I'm not locking that in, but if I'm trying to remember the teams that we previewed, I think everybody else is just kind of scrambling around down there at the bottom and they're kind of mixed in and out. It's more of like, who's going to fight for the wooden spoon rather than who's going to fight for the seventh spot. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. This East is instead of the wild, wild West, this is definitely going to, the wild, wild West will exist because there's such good teams over there. This is going to be more of like, who wants this playoff spot? Just like the East who wanted that top spot in the East you know, besides the Revs, it was going to be, was it going to be NYCFC? Was it going to be Philly? Was it going to be Orlando? Was it going to be, <laughs> it just seems like the East just is nuts compared to the West. And just, it's hard to predict the East and what'll happen. A lot, the lot hangs on the crew and how the crew do, I think. Yeah. You hear that Columbus? Uh, a lot hangs on you here uh, on how this season's going to go. <laughs> it really does. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, geez. Uh, I mean, we should just run down the teams like real quick. Like, I think I may have said went worse, like or got I, better. I think I may have said probably out of the seven teams that can make the playoffs, I probably have eight locked in there. Um, who got better? Who East? got better? I think the Union got better. Yeah, I think Atlanta got better. Um, Toronto. Toronto definitely got better. I've got. Uh, I, think <laughs> Cin- I do think Cincy is better than last year, but yeah, it's not saying much. <laughs> but um, I think the fire may have got better, but like drastically better, like and better to where it's like going to be a different season for these teams. Drastically better or a, a better season for these teams? Probably Atlanta, the Union, Toronto. Toronto yeah. Uh, and that's if the union can get their striker in. Uh, he, he's still having some visa issues, I guess, or still delays with that. Speaking of which, Montreal has announced that they signed Kai Kamara. Mm. 
Good Huge. signing, right? I think that's a great Huge. signing for them. Yeah, we talked about this. We we literally just talked about this the other day. They needed a goal scorer. We were looking at Romel Kyoto, eight goals or something like that. That's what he caps at. Bjorn Johnson, like six goals is what he capped at. Uh, who else was it? It was uh, – crap, I can't remember who their other striker was. Uh, it'll come back to me. But, oh, Mason Toy, seven goals, I think is what he capped out at. This is huge. Like, Ola Kamara being thrown into this team. I mean, if he can at least get 10 to 15 goals, like this this Montreal team, they could be fighting for a home field advantage, Jordan. Like, playing in Hamilton is not easy. So, them have, people having to go up and visit, you know, Canada up there in their, in their inside their stadium, it's just that's a tough place to play. And fans will be back now in Canada. So, the Montreal, I, I'm liking Montreal's perspectives a lot better than what I was. Um, they've definitely, with that signing, have changed quite a bit, I think. I agree. And no, I, I, I can't believe he was out. He didn't play at all last year in MLS, right? I mean, he, he was kind yeah, of kind floating of, around yeah. as a free agent and I think he went somewhere overseas and then uh, played play for AFCON. So, I mean, who did he try to play with last year? Ajax or somebody, somebody he I, tried I don't to know. pick up with. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a shame because I, you know, Kai Kamara is the legendary MLS goal scorer and, has its ups and downs. Did I say but... Ola? I didn't mean Ola. I probably yeah, did. I don't know if you did or not, but I you probably definitely meant Kai. Did. Yeah. I meant Kai, yeah, sorry. But still, um, 10 to 15 goals, if you can get it from Kai Kamara, which I think he's capable, fully capable of doing. Yeah. Especially the way he played with AFCON. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested where he played. I'm going to go look. I'm pulling him up, too, to look at uh, numbers here. Um, oh, he played for HIFK. So that's right. 2020, he made a he was a late trade to the to Minnesota. That's right uh, from the Rapids, mm-hmm. and then he pretty much had an end of contract, and in July went to Finland, and uh, I guess they didn't pick up his option for 2022. So now he's going to Montreal. Uh, but looking at his goals, you know, SKC, when he played for SKC for four years, 38 goals. Uh, when he played <laughs> for the crew in 2015 to 2016, 27 goals in one season there. Then the Revolution, he had 19 goals, 14 goals for the Whitecaps, 17 goals for the Rapids. I mean, so he he still puts away his worst performance. It was with Minnesota, seven goal, uh, seven games, one goal. Um. Yeah, I mean, or Dynamo actually is probably his real worst. 30, 32 appearances, seven goals. But he's he's now scored a goal for eight teams. So if he scores for Montreal, it'll be nine MLS teams that he had scored for, breaking his own record of eight. So uh, it should be fun. Gosh, could you just imagine him next to Romel? I hope I hope he does well. I, I like Kai Kamara. I think it'd be fun to watch him, and I think that's exactly what they need. Um, so I guess we'll see how that how that shapes out. Uh, anything else we need to cover with these teams or any of the other big news? I, I will say I really like Nashville's kit. Yeah, that's beautiful. It has like the I sound love bars the sound on the bottom. Yeah, on the sides. on the on like the stripes. I like their that. stadium, like their little stadium on the bottom right hand corners 
really excellent. They're I love the yellow though. It like just pops. I think opening that new stadium, I, I'm I'm so pumped. That is one thing I'm so excited for. Like I, I can't wait to do a preview show because I want to talk about how excited I am for them to join the West, just because I think it's gonna be freaking wild. <laughs> it sucks for them. It sucks yeah. for them, and it sucks for Travel. the fans because yeah. they really could have become a top team in the East. Like no no question at all. They, you think they come two, back? They're two seasons. Well. Depends if they add a Las Vegas yeah. or something, and then they need to rebalance it. Yeah, they'll they'll probably add them back in. But St. Louis is next, mm-hmm. which they are usually they're considered west. Be, uh, but are they west of Nashville? Are they west of Nashville? I'm pretty sure they're west of Nashville, or at least close. I got to look up a map now. That's that's what I'm doing. This Nashville is on the east side of Tennessee. So Nashville, yeah, they would be, yeah, St. Louis would be west. more west, but I think even Chicago's more west. Yeah, I than, guess the Nashville. So Nashville's like central, more west towards Nashville. I guess maybe to maybe they'll. I don't know. I don't know how you fix this. I think you make a central division, and I was going to say, do you make a division? Do you make divisions? I think you make three conferences, and you have the east, the west, and the central. But I don't know how that works with playoffs. So, who knows? Who knows how they'll fix that? Because you know we're adding a lot of more centrally based teams Mm -hmm. lately. Who's after St. Louis? Do we know that? Um, Is that? We it don't was know Sacramento, that, right? but I think Vegas. Will yeah, get it. yeah, true. I think Vegas will get it. I'm, I'm trying to think though. Like in the West, I think they could all, they could also look at. Again, See, this no. is kind of the spot SKC was in and Houston were in for a few years, where they kept flipping from the East and the West because of other teams joining, and then them having to shift to the other one because they're so central based. You know, those two teams mm-hmm. uh, that they would start flipping from East and West and. This year it kind of lays on well Charlotte's joining, so now you gotta get kicked over to the west. And who knows? I guess if St. Louis joins, maybe they're like, Well, you gotta get kicked over to East, or we just have another team in the West. Uh, I guess we don't know. Or you could just what they could do is go total total just co- combine the whole league in the top whatever teams, which is I always thought was an interesting concept too, is if you took the whole league. I think soccer is the only one it really work out with. If you took the whole league and put it together under one big league and had the table just run the table. I think, and that'd be easier for scheduling too. I think like you would, although the only bad thing then is then you'd have a lot of like, well, I had to play Nashville three times and you only had to play them like twice. Yeah. I I think the, I think the conferences work because, because it's a way you can do an unbalanced schedule. Yeah. But I also like about it is that I think it creates rivalries. Right. In the sense of if we have to see this team three times or whatever, then, you know, that creates our rivalry and we're going to face them in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think if you just went all of them together, you either have to do balance schedule, which would be a lot of games, or you got to do four divisions, divisions, or you have to just do unbalanced. And yeah, you, you luckily got three games against Cincinnati while I had to play three games against Seattle. That kind of sucks. Like it, you know, I mean, it's already kind of partly that way, but they kind of face their East division foes Mm -hmm. more than their West. And I think that can limit travel too. So I think conferences are good, but maybe we have to figure out 
It has to be divisions. What what the central teams do because yeah. the central teams are ending up flying all over the God's green earth right. to face everybody at this rate. You know, it'd be fun if they really get. I would think it'd be like it's probably six divisions. So I don't know what the math would be on this, but I think they want to get to thirty four. Well, if they get to thirty, which is their then original goal. Yeah. It'd be five a team. So that would work. Could you imagine though? Jordan? Five a division. It would be L A L A, Seattle, Vancouver, and Portland. <laughs> Could you imagine that division? I don't think it it'd would be, be though. Wild. I think it'd be L A L A. Rapids uh, RSL. Rapids RSL. Oh, that's interesting. I was thinking maybe L A L A, San Jose. I would think RSL, and then it, well, no, because then Cascadia is all screwed. <laughs> Maybe RSL and I think it'd have to be. It'd have to be the three California. No, no, and... I think you just had it. I think you just had it. Hold on. I think you have LALA, RSL, uh, RSL, Colorado, San Jose. But then you're kind of like, then who's going to join? I guess Minnesota and St. Louis. Into Minnesota, the, St. Louis. There's no way they would put that. The, They're going to have to add a Vegas team. Nashville. It would make sense. And They're definitely adding a Vegas team. Like If they're going to do it that way, that would have to be the team they'd add because they'd have to have another team over there because there's no way they'd make Seattle go back three hour, or two hours to play Western teams. This is hold fun. On. Hold on. This is easy. I'm pulling up a map of MLS teams, okay? Yeah. So you'd have LALA, Quakes, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland. That's six teams. Oh, yeah, that'd be right. You need, yeah, you need six teams. You're right. That's right. Right? Yeah, I was doing five divisions of six, where you could do Mm -hmm. six of five. I guess it doesn't matter. You'd have to be five, six. Yeah. Then you have RSL, Colorado. Nashville, or no, I would go Texas. Probably Texas. Then the Texas teams. Mm -hmm. And St. Louis or Nashville. It doesn't work. It doesn't work right now because we don't have... It has to be Vegas, yeah. But you see what I mean? Like, if if they do the... If they're planning the five, which I think it... Like, that's the only thing that makes sense to me now. Because those... Like, then you're you're either going to have to force Nashville or St. Louis to play Western Conference games, which is brutal. Yeah, Nashville is so much closer to the east. The only reason they get moved is because they're yes, they're an they hour. Chicago it. could have got moved, honestly, and that would have probably made more sense. But so I think it's it's going <laughs> to have to be the five six. Poor Chicago, if they were to get moved. Jeez, we're just really loaded up on the east, though. We're, we are so loaded up on the east. Like I'm looking at this map. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this map up here real quick because I really like it. It's a really nice map. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the show, but I really just kind of wanted to share this map real quick. Where'd you, where'd you find it? I just go. Oh, that's the wrong thing. Um, I found it under, I just searched like MLS teams on a map. And I found one, and then I found this really good one. So that's the one I... What is the file called? Four, six. Okay. There it goes. All right, so I'm going to share this. 
Look how nice this looks. I do like that. Okay. So it kind of shows all the teams and where they're placed and then like kind of where their markets are. Um, So as you can see, the West has only like the the real West, right? It has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, Some reason Vancouver's over Alaska. Ignore that part. Um, so you only have like six teams in the actual West. Everything else is like Central and East here. So you have the Union. So I don't know. If you were going to make an Eastern Conference, it'd be something like a Northeast Conference or something. I'd have Montreal, Revs, NYCFC, Red Bull, Philly, D.C. Then you can have like Toronto, Columbus, Cincy, Chicago, Nashville, and St. Louis. Then you could have Charlotte, Atlanta, Orlando, Miami. Yeah, I mean, there's ways that you can get it done, mm-hmm. but but the West teams, man, I feel bad for. <laughs> that's always the case, though. Like that's why the basketball players hate going out west. That's why they call it the West for you know swing because it's so awful because they're so far away from each other. Because ultimately, if you're if you're talking about expansion too, you could also do like a San Francisco team or like you know San Francisco Vegas and maybe another team out west and then make thirty four or thirty two. Because I think it's baseball. Is baseball the one that has thirty two and NBA is thirty? No, NFL is thirty two. That's the one. Yeah. MLB is thirty. NBA is thirty. I think NBA is twenty or thirty. Uh, NBA 30. They need a Hawaiian team. That's what's missing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess we'll wrap it up. So, like I said, next episode... Jeez, I guess this one's coming out on the weekend. So, here's our plan. So, this was 105. We have 106 coming up, which will be Toronto, Orlando, Dallas, and Galaxy. We have 107, which would be Portland, SKC, Vancouver, and Asheville. We're recording those Monday and Tuesday, so you'll get those probably Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so this one you're listening to might actually come out Monday. We might just do an episode every week, every day that week. I think that might be best. I don't know. And then 108 that we're recording on Thursday is our predictions and 2022 preview. We could actually go live for the predictions and preview. Oh, we, we could. Want. And Good then if Thursday. people wanted to join in, they could join in. If people wanted to jump out, they could jump out. So book it. Uh, Thursday the 24th, we're going to be going live after we're both home from work. And so it'll probably be around 6.30, 7 o'clock Eastern time where we're going to be going live. So follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff at Stateside Show. So that way you can keep tabs on when we're going live. And then we'll do our predictions and stuff live. And, and uh, yeah, like Logan said, you if you want to share us. your predictions, you know, if you want to share your predictions anyway, and we can read them live on air, you can even email us ahead of time, statesideshow at gmail.com. If you want us to read those on the air live during our preview. Um, if I have the Charlotte magnets by then we could do a giveaway live. We can do all kinds of fun stuff live. So, uh, come hang out with us on Thursday, the 24th, which will be two days before the season kicks off, and we'll do our live prediction show. 
But uh, yeah, I think that's everything. So everyone have a great rest of your week. Keep refreshing that podcast feed for us. And we'll see you later. Do you smell smoke, Jordan? I smell smoke. I think it's Chicago. I think it's the fire. They're on fire for sure. (laughs) Catch a brand new Chicago fire Wednesdays at 9 (laughs) o'clock. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.